Okay. Well, good morning, everyone. Did you all get a chance to say hi to everybody? There'll be time afterwards. So one more week. Quick poll. Who's, who still has Christmas shopping to do? Who has finished all their Christmas shopping? Who's not buying anything in it? It just doesn't matter. Sean? <laughs> I have one gift. I saw I saw something this week that said you can pretty much guarantee that if you get a gift that says from mom and dad, when you open it, your dad doesn't have a clue what's about to be opened. Did you? And that's me. Like we've gotten all our Christmas shopping done, and I'm like, okay, Joe, tell me what we got our kids. I don't I don't have a clue, but I love it that way. So um, uh, I have one gift a year to buy, and I took care of that yesterday. So I'm done. Christmas shopping is done. So one more week. Um, so next Saturday night are, is going to be our, our Christmas Eve service. And just know that you're all invited and that it's going to be a great time of, of worship, of reflection. And I think we're going to have some goodies at the end, too. I want to invite a buddy of mine, Mike, come on up. You could do it, big boy. So everybody give a hand to Mike. Mike, Mike swore to me he will never, ever come up on stage. Nope. So Mike's here today because, Mike, we have a testimony to share of just God's goodness and, and God's love and God's work in our lives. So, so Mike, about three weeks ago, Mike, is that correct? About a month. A month, say it again. About a month ago. Okay, we got to work out this Mike stuff for Mike. Um, so about a month ago, Mike discovered he had a kidney stone. Now, this wasn't an ordinary kidney stone. He went to the doctors, and it was a six-millimeter kidney stone shaped like a Tic Tac, which is probably... Six millimeters, about the size of a Tic Tac. That's a pretty big kidney stone, right? So, Mike, tell us what you experienced with, with the kidney stone. Well, it was pretty bad. I, would, I had the vomiting with it, so it would last three to four hours a night. So this went on for like a week. So for a week, waking up in the middle of the night, throwing up in, because of the pain of it. So he went to the doctor, and the doctor wanted to do a procedure. He didn't like the procedure. So he decided to go to another doctor, and they were going to do what? They're going to do what? They're going to do the shock wave. So do a shock wave where they go in and blow up the, right. the, the kidney stone. So Mike came to church two Sundays ago, and I said, Mike, be, would you stay after church and get prayed for? Just ask God to heal that kidney stone. And Mike Hindman, Fort Wayne Mike, if you know him, he's not here today because of weather, but he prayed for Mike, and tell us what took place when, when he prayed for you. Well, I went home the evening. I had a little little pain, so I prayed again. I made a deal with God. Hey, I'll get up and testify. Take this pain away from me. So I went a week and a half with no pain. I thought maybe I passed it. Well, I went back to the doctor, and no, it was still there. So I was like, well, God, thank you for taking the pain away. I was able to work, make a living for my family. So, yeah, it got taken care of. So, so the pain disappeared. Based on Mike praying, which is awesome, isn't it? Now, that's not the end of the story. Let me tell you something. This guy standing up here today, I think he'd rather pass a kidney stone than to be standing up here. He'd rather have to pass the whole kidney stone. So Mike tells me this, and so he, I don't think, I think he's not going to say it, but he said that after Mike prayed for him a couple days later, he said, he looked at his hand and he said, God, I want your power to go into my hand. And he put his hand on his back and said, would you heal me? And at that point, the pain gone, right? Pain was gone. So I saw Mike on Wednesday, and Mike said to me, he said, 
I'm going to the doctor Friday, but I'm pretty confident they're not going to find anything. And if they don't find anything, I will be standing up on Sunday morning, and I'm going to share this, this testimony. And I said, okay, I'm going to hold you to it. So you went to the doctors Friday, and what did they find? It was still in the same spot. So the, the kidney stone had not moved. It was in the exact same spot from original, right? right? But he went from up at night throwing up to zero pain for a week and a half until the doctor's appointment came around, right? right. So still there. Did God heal? The kidney stone's still there, but God removed the pain that he was dealing with. Now, here's, here's the cool part. They told him that they needed to put him under, like completely knock him out. Anesthesiologist was in the room, and Mike said, I don't want to be knocked out just because he didn't want to be knocked out. And the doctor, they argued back and forth, and the doctor said, okay, we'll give it a shot. But the way that the, they were going to break it up was it was this thing that he laid on his back, and it, it literally just punched him, like how many times? About 3,000 times. 3,000 times. Punched him in his kidneys to break up the kidney stone. And they said if you move at all any direction or flinch, it could punch you in the wrong place and cause damage because it was like a punch like I would give him. And so, um, so, so he, you, you didn't take the, you didn't take the. I didn't take it. So he, yeah, so tell us, you laid there and. Yeah, he, I just, he said, okay, let's give it a try. So okay. He said, if you move, I'm going to, I'm going to have to put you on there. I said, okay, let's try it. So we started doing it and I stayed still. They were no power, they were no match with God, you know. He was right there with me. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, so two people were defeated that day when the kidney stone was broken up. The enemy who wants to bring pain and, and, and wounding to our life and the anesthesiologist because he didn't get to build Mike's insurance. So he was, he, they said he kept looking over him going, are you okay? And Mike's like, I'm fine, piece of cake. And the guy was not happy with them because cause he, he wanted to poke him and be able to bill a whole bunch of money for that, so... So, so, Mike, thanks for sharing. I know this is a big deal for you to come up, but go ahead. You can go ahead and go down. Give him, give him a hand. Mike, Mike has two more testimonies that one day we're going to hear. Mike, Mike had a, has a heart valve situation from when he was a child, and he's had open heart surgery just a couple years ago. And there's just a testimony of how God moved in his life through that, through that heart heart. Um, condition he has. And then Mike also was in a situation where he was in a relationship with a person who's now sitting in prison, and the guy tried to rope Mike into his affairs, and, and God blocked that and got him out of that relationship, and, and he's thankful for God for that. So one day we're going to hear those, those cool stories. But, but I wanted to share with Mike, have Mike share this morning because I wanted to drive home this idea that God loves us so much that he still heals our bodies. He not only sent a son to die for us, but he, he, he still is active and working in our lives today, and he brings healing, and he removes pain, and he takes care of situations in our life if we go to him and if we commit to him and if we ask him, if we simply just say, God, I need you to intervene in my life in this time. God's still, God's still working. And Mike, you will never, ever be able to tell Mike that God doesn't work today. He has encountered God on a level and has received God's love on a level that you would nobody could ever take that away from him. And if you've been a person that have, has experienced any kind of physical healing or emotional healing or you've seen God move in a way that's, that we would consider supernatural and you've experienced it and you know that you know that you know that this was God moving in that time, no one could ever steal or take away or tell you that God doesn't work. 
Because the, the minute they start to say that, you, you, your file folder goes off and you remember those times where God moved mightily in your life or in the lives of the people around you or you saw God move and you say, uh-uh. And you have a testimony. And that's what, that's what Mike is carrying around. He's carrying around this testimony now of how God moved on his behalf, how he, he prayed and asked God to move and God, God healed his body or, or took away that pain so that, so that the doctors can go in and do their thing and, and, um, and, and take away something that was, that was just, I, I can't imagine being in the kind of pain that makes you throw up. I've never been in that pain, but, but that's something that Mike has. So, so this morning, as, as we've been kind of navigating through the Advent season and talking about that our heart has a, has a home, our heart has a home, and that home is, is a place wrapped up with God. We've talked about that God is a God who, who brings hope for us, hope for our eternity because of Jesus coming there's hope. God's a God of peace. God's a God who brings joy. And we've been looking at this through the gospel of John, which isn't really your go-to gospel when it comes to the Christmas story. But we've been looking about how the gospel of John points out that God, the word, became flesh and dwelt among us during, and we look forward to it during this season, this Christmas season. So this morning, what we're going to focus on is that, is that our heart can come home to love, that there's a that God brings love to us when we, when we come to him. Everything that God has done or is doing in your life, you need to know it's because he loves you. It's that simple. And, and I know that sometimes that might be hard for some of us to grasp. It may be hard for us to grasp this idea that God's a, a loving God. Maybe you grew up in a, in a religion or a church situation or in in some teachings where God was a God who wanted to keep you in line or God was a God who wanted to punish you or or you had a list of things you had to do to earn God's approval and you have a hard time believing that God's just a God of love maybe you you grew up in a family situation where there wasn't a lot of love there wasn't there wasn't a constant commitment to love within your family situation, and so you saw a lot of pain. And you carry a lot of that pain, and now you equate that pain that how can, how can God be a God of love because I had to deal with this stuff? And I just want to tell you that God is a God of love, and everything he does is because he loves you. Because he's a God of love, he's invited us into a relationship with him. Now, this kind of love that God gives us is unconditional love. And, and this is probably remedial for most of us, but God's love does not hinge on whether or not you do good, do bad, who you are, what you've done, what you're going to do. God's love is solid. God's love is there, and, it, and it's because he loves you. And there's, there's nothing that, that we can do to unearn that love. And sometimes when we talk, think about loving others, Think about this. How, how, mu- how much is it easy to love somebody who you agree with? It's easy to love people we agree with, right? It's easy to love people that do what we do, that think how we think, that, that say what we say. But when we're called to be people who, to love as God has loved us, sometimes we struggle with loving others because others don't think the way we think or others look different than what we look or others do or make choices different than what we would. And if God was that kind of God, we would be in trouble. But because of his unconditional love, regardless of, of ourselves, he loves us. And that's what I want to drive home today. 
That's what I want to drive home today. So, so he's invited us into this relationship where he loves us, that we can hold on to. And we see this in, 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 in John, in John chapter, chapter 15. And it says this. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15. Verse 5 says this. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now jump down to verse 9. I loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. So in verse 5, we see this invitation into a relationship with Jesus, into a relationship with God, wrapped around love. And it says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Jesus is 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 asking us to connect with him. Jesus is saying, remain with me. Now, if we're going to be in a relationship with Jesus, and, and we look at the word remain, that, re, that, that, that means to abide, to stay connected to, to, to live with, to walk with. We can't have a relationship with somebody if we don't spend time with them, if we don't connect with them on a regular basis, if we don't speak with them. And Jesus is, is saying, I'm the life giver. I'm the vine. Everything flows from me. Stay connected to me, and you will have life, and you will bear fruit, and you will have joy. So he's inviting us into this relationship of his livelihood. And apart from that, we we don't have a relationship. Apart from that, we don't have nothing. As we read down through the verses and go on to verse 9 and through 15, we see that he's, he's asking us into a relationship of different things. The first thing he asks us to, to join into is a relationship of obedience. Verse 9 says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Now, this relationship of obedience that Jesus is inviting us to is the same relationship of obedience that he has with the Father. And there's, there's kind of two parts for that. The first, the first part of obedience is that we remain in him. That's the first part. I want you to be in a relationship with me. Stay connected to me. Remain with me. Stay hooked up. If there's anything that, that we need to do as followers of Christ is stay connected to Christ. And it's so, so excuse me, it's so easy for us to get into the flesh and walk away and, and, and try and feed ourselves off of other stuff, isn't it? It's easy. It's easy for our flesh to take over. It's easy for us to allow it. And, and Jesus is saying, Remain connected. I am, I am the life giver. The second part is that he says that we need to, in a, in a relationship of obedience, is to keep his commandments. To keep his commandments. And that's how we remain in him. Now, Jesus gave us two commandments when, we were, when he was on earth. He said, love God and love others. It's that simple. Love God, love others. Everything is wrapped around that. Everything. 
And so to keep God's, Jesus' commandments, to remain in him, is to love him, is to love God. That's the first thing. And the second is to love others. That's how we remain in him. Everything else falls from that. If you're trying to walk a life and do things for God outside of first loving him, it's not going to happen. You're going to find yourself frustrated. You're going to find yourself burnt out. You're going to find yourself doing and not seeing a whole lot of, a not, a lot of good fruit out of it. Because the way we produce fruit, the way we see fulfillment is through remaining and loving him. If you say, I, I can go out and love people before I love God, you're not going to be able to do it. Because selfishness and, and, and the flesh is going to get into, into play. And you're not going to be able to love others the way Jesus has told us to love others. We have to remain in Christ. We have to love him. This is a, a relationship of obedience that he's called us to. The next relationship he's called us into is a relationship of partnership. Look at verse 12 and 13. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for a friend. The partnership that Jesus is inviting us into is to do the stuff that he did. Just as he has loved us, he's saying, partner with me and go out and love others in the same way. Now, here's what that means. To lay our lives down for somebody else. To die for other people. And I think, I think what Jesus is saying is figuratively go out and die for other people. Go out and, and lay down your rights, lay down your, what you think is, is due to you for the benefit of other people. It could be simple. It could be that you have 20 bucks left in your pocket and you're going to need to buy some groceries for the night and you give it to somebody and you've given up your ability to buy, buy groceries for the night and you go home and eat rice and beans so that somebody else can be fed. You've given up what you have for the benefit of someone else. I think it's also literally. I think that the, we, we see all the time where people step in the way and, and take the bullet, if you will, for somebody else. And, and Jesus is saying, if that time comes, be willing to lay down your life literally for other people. And, the re, and he says, do it in the same way that I've loved you. The reason I think that this is what Jesus is talking about is because he did it for us. Figuratively, he laid down our, his life by laying down his rightful place in heaven to come and become flesh and walk amongst us. And he didn't come as a king, did he? He came as a servant. And he came without a home, and he came without a place to lay his head, and he came without money, and he served, and he loved, and he healed, and he did the work that the Father told him to do. And then literally, he died for us, didn't he? That's a love that, that I know I struggle with. That's a love that says, I, I say, I have trouble with that. I have trouble with loving other people who don't see the same way I see. The minute I start talking to somebody, a lot of times, oh, we don't think the same way. We're not going to get along. I don't really want to hang out with you. I don't really want to love you. Oh, we see the same way. What, what can I do for you, man? You need help with something? You need help working on your car? I love this guy. We think alike. Jesus didn't do that. He loved people as they were, and he's calling us into this partnership to love people the same way. Love God. Love others. Lay down our life. The final relationship that we see in these verses is a relationship of benefits. When we come into a relationship with God, when we receive God's love and we say yes to Jesus and we, we attach ourselves to the vine and we remain in the vine, 
There's benefits. There's benefits to the relationship. The first benefit we see is in verse 5. It says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who, who remain in me and I am them will produce much fruit. Will produce much fruit. That's the first benefit. You will be a fruitful person when you join into the relationship and connect yourself to the vine. We'll be able to love people. We'll be able to love people that we don't want to love. We'll bear fruit, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Did I hit them all? Faithfulness. Thank you. And we'll bear fruit for God's kingdom. Because we've joined into this relationship where God is our number one and, and we're laying down our lives for others, we will be tuned in to what God's doing in this world to, to grow his kingdom. And we'll be a part of that. And we'll see lives come to Jesus. We'll see lives change. We'll see hearts change. We'll see people people grow and, and get out of their life situation. And that will be fruit that we'll see as a benefit of remaining with Christ. The other benefit of a relationship we find in verse 11. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. We talked about this last week. What are some of the things that you do to bring joy into your life? Do you buy a lot of cool stuff? Can I tell you a story this week? I had a joyful week. I, I think I had the best birthday I've had in a long, long time. I, my birthday was Monday, and I was in, Dave, Dave Grant works for a company that, that sells these, this speaker system. Speakers, home audio speakers, experience. They use the word experience to try and draw you in. We sell an experience. So they had an open house, and Joe and I went to it, and it was kind of the, you know, they had food and wine and cheese, and it was kind of this hoity-toity thing. You know, we kind of got dressed up. And Dave had told me two weeks earlier, you know, if you come, we're going we're gonna, to, everybody gets a raffle ticket, and we're going to give away a $700 stereo sound bar, like home theater sound bar. And something in me told me I was going to win. I'm just telling you. I told Dave, I said, dude, I'm going to win that sound bar. And every time I saw him, I said, I'm coming. I'm excited to come. I'm going to win that sound bar. I was excited to go to this event where they're going to try and sell you stuff because I knew I was going to win that sound bar. I was going to win that. I knew so much I was going to win that sound bar. Last Sunday, I told Dave this. Now, some of you guys may not understand this. Some of you guys will fully understand this. I said, if... For some weird reason, I don't win that sound bar. I'm going to go Kanye on everybody. Do you guys understand what that means? That means I'm going to walk up, take the mic, and say, uh-uh, I'm the one who's supposed to have won that sound bar, Kanye West. Go to the event. They're doing the demo, and the, the, the rep is giving his big thing. And I'm sitting next to this lady who is, she run, she leads the, Warsaw Choir Orchestra. She's the conductor lady from Grace, right? Did I say this right? And I'm sitting next to this lady, you know, and I look over to her and I say, guess what? I'm going to win that sound bar. <laughs> and she said, I'm going to win the sound bar. I said, listen, ma'am, sorry, I'm winning the sound bar. She chuckled and snorted, so I knew she understood what I was saying. Sure enough, guess who won the sound bar? This guy. <laughs> this guy. I was so excited. I was, it was like, it's my birthday, and I won this $700 sound bar. Now, Dave sold me extras. You know, like, oh, you need the satellite speakers, you need a sub. But it is awesome. 
and I do these things to bring joy to my life. Like, I was really excited about this soundbar. I've listened to more music in the past three days than I've ever did in my life. Because I sit there, and I turn it up, and it, it's an experience. I'm receiving the experience. See Dave after service. Because it's awesome. It connects through an app, and you know, it's not Bluetooth. It's Wi-Fi, and you get... I mean, I'm listening to K-Rock, which is my radio station from Southern California. You get any radio station in the world. And I got to go back to my station in California and listen to it. I mean, you can listen. I'm selling this for you, buddy. But how many times do we bring joy or think we're going to bring joy into our life through that kind of stuff? And Jesus is saying, if you want joy, if you want the benefit of joy that is overflowing, remain in me. Stay connected to me. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that Jesus brings the joy that we keep searching for and we keep seeking? And he's saying, it's me. I, I have it to give to you. Just get connected with me. Join in this relationship. I love you. My love, I came because I love you. I came to bring you joy. I came to bring you peace. I came to bring healing. Be connected to me. The final The final one we find in verse 14 and 15. It says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Think about this. When we come into relationship with Jesus, we become friends of Jesus. He's our friend. No longer are we slaves to sin. No longer do we come into a relationship where he's now our master and we are his slaves. No, we come into a friendship relationship with God. Isn't that a cool thing? How many of you can kind of honestly grab hold of that? Because I don't know that I can. Just to be honest with you, because I think I have a warped idea sometimes of, about God. But Jesus says, I'm gonna, I've shared everything with you. I've opened up everything to you, and I do that with my friends. Now go and do the same. Now go and live connected with me and see the fruit that comes from that. This this Christmas season, through the Gospel of John, the Christmas story that, that John tells is of a God who sent his son to become flesh, to bring us peace, to bring us joy to give us hope for eternity, hope in this world and hope for eternity, and and ultimately because he loved us. Jesus is coming. Jesus came because God loved us, and we get to join in this relationship, and we get to be obedient to what he's asked us. You know, that kind of sounds like, well, that doesn't sound like a really cool relationship that I have to follow a bunch of rules. Yes, it's a cool relationship because the benefits are awesome. The benefits of walking with God remove the junk that the world wants to throw on us. I'm going to wrap up with this. Why is it so easy for us to do what the world wants us to do and not do what God's asked us to do? Just ask yourself that question because I ask myself this. Why is it so easy for me to to not want to put time into my relationship with Jesus but spend time on Facebook? Because it's easier for me to go on Facebook and just melt away for a half hour. Why is it easy for me to, to seek joy and seek, seek happiness and seek peace outside of, of my relationship with God? Why even as a follower of Christ, which I would claim to be, 
I better claim to be it. <laughs> but even for us, ask yourself, why is it so easy for us to, to seek out that and not to say, first, I'm going to love God. First, I'm going to stay connected to this, to this vine. First, I'm going to allow him to work in me and be my lifeline. And then let everything else flow from that. I don't, I don't know why, why I, I, it's so easy for me to, to not do that. And I, I would wonder if you guys would say the same thing. I don't know. But stay connected to the vine. There's a relationship that God's given us that's wrapped around his unconditional love. And it, and it, it far outweighs what we can seek for in this world. Won't you stand with me? We're going we're gonna to finish off with a time of worship. And, and just let me explain this. We, we call it ministry time. It's the time that if you have a physical need, and we have people that want to pray with you and ask God to intervene in your life. If you have an emotional need, if you have any kind of a need or any kind of a, a reason to want to connect with God and you want somebody to join with you in that, we... We, we always want to give an opportunity for God to come and, and move in our lives on that way. And so, so the way this works is we're going we're gonna to go into a, a worship song. And during that worship song, that's a time of reflection. That's a time to say, man, during worship earlier, God, there was something going on. There's some communication going on between me and you. I need to reconnect with that and to listen to God and, 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 and follow what he's leading. It's also a time that if something within the, the message or, or whatever you're dealing with in life, that you can just start to speak with God and ask God to move on your behalf. And then when that song ends, here's, here's what happens. During that song, as that song's ending, there'll be people that will come and stand up front here. When the song ends, you'll be dismissed, and you're free to go out and get a cup of coffee or leave or go have lunch. If you want to receive prayer or you just want to stay in your seat and reflect or whatever, that's the time to respond and ask God to, to just work with you. So the, the song is a time of worship and reflection. When the song ends and dismissed, if, if, you are, if you're done, you're good, you feel like you've worshiped and you're ready to move on with your day, head on out quietly. Those that feel like, yeah, I just want, I need to, I need to talk with God a little longer. I need somebody to pray for me. Then it's that time to come forward and, and receive prayer, okay? And then Dave has something to share. The, uh, the other day I saw a sign that uh, uh, kind of hit home for me. It was a sign that said, do you, do you know what God wants for Christmas? It said, look in the mirror. That's what he wants. And this is a, this is a time to respond to that. What greater gift can you give God than yourself? That's why he came. Jesus came to save. He came to save you. You back there, you back there, you up here. Came to save me. Jesus came to save. And if you want that relationship that Tom was talking about, that love that passes all understanding, if you want that, take time this Christmas season to give God yourself. So as we close in prayer here, just think about all of this stuff, all of this, 
the things that Tom had talked about and the things that God has been speaking in your heart. And for some of you, he may be speaking to your heart right now to give of yourself. So, Lord, we thank you so much for your great love for us. It's a love that is so hard to describe with words. When you fill us with your love, Lord, there's a great peace and contentment and joy overflowing that fills us up. So, Lord, when we think about what you did for us, so we can have a relationship with you, and how much you want that relationship from us. That, that love in return, we can never love you as much as you love us. But Lord, we'll try. We'll give you our best because you gave your best for us. So thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.